Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, I'm Diana, a grateful recovering compulsive eater, and so grateful to be here this morning. This was my home meeting for at least a decade, if not a couple decades. Um, the St. John's meetings were pivotal to my recovery when I moved to Oakland in 1985, having gotten into OA in 1982 in San Francisco. I heard that this Saturday morning, at that time it was 8.30 meeting, and at that time there was a Wednesday 7 p.m. meeting too at St. John's were the best meetings, and I, I went to them and I found that to be the case. And they were invaluable to my recovery. So today I'm speaking on tradition 10, uh, which I'll read again. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name might never be drawn into public controversy. And the spiritual principle is neutrality. And um, I've been ever so grateful for this tradition in our OA fellowship during these last five years, especially. Um, in the first sentence in this tradition, it says, we live in a world that thrives on controversy. And uh, I'm glad that we don't bring that into our meeting because it wouldn't be a safe place then. Um, this is also reading from tradition 10 in the OA 12 by 12. The OA recovery program is essential to each of us. Our very survival depends on it. Without it, many of us would soon be so thoroughly occupied with compulsive eating, we would have little time or energy left to do anything else, including effectively supporting those other causes that mean so much to us. This is why we are careful to guard our fellowship from even the slightest connection with outside issues. And then near the end of tradition 10, it says, we compulsive eaters can learn a lot from OA's 10th tradition about concentrating on our message and avoiding controversy. It is summed up in the saying, live and let live. Tradition 10 frees us to concentrate on recovery from compulsive eating without the conflicts that seem to rage in the world around us. Many of us have been drawn to the excitement of conflict. I can really relate to that. OA has excitement enough to offer as we see hopeless compulsive overeaters recover through the miracle of the 12 steps. This could not happen if we allowed outside issues to turn our fellowship into a platform for debate. For this reason, the 10th tradition of having no opinion on outside issues is one of our most carefully guarded practices in OA. And I uh, will share a bit about my story and then relate some things going on in my personal life to why I'm so grateful we have this tradition and why it's so helpful uh, to me personally. Um, I came into OA in 1982. I had been in... Uh, Al-Anon since November, it'll be 40 years next month. Uh, I got into Al-Anon ACA after a second relationship bombed terribly. And I went to a therapist, unfortunately she knew about adult children and I started in Al-Anon. And then I quit smoking after smoking for nine years and February had my last cigarette, cigarette February 16th, 1982 and promptly gained 70 pounds. And I'd never had a problem with weight or eating before that. And because I'd been in ACA, I'd heard about OA. And so I went to, started OA in June of 1982. But in the early years, I would come, I would get abstinent, 
I would lose the weight and I would leave. And my 38 years in OA before I joined How OA, uh, just 15 months and a week, I think it is ago, was a story of relapsing. Um, and every time I would come back, I would gain even more. And in uh, 2000, I started a new job with a really boss from hell. And then my dad died. And I was 14 months abstinent then. I'd gone from 268 to 228, which had been my highest weight at that time. Had my little daughter then, she was four. And it was the first time, it took me 16 years to be willing to surrender to sugar in a way. I didn't know how I'd get through the holidays without baking. Now I look back on what I would make for the holidays and they were just sugar, flour, and butter, you know, not a nutritional drop in them. And I live happily without those things now. But uh, when I went to the county as a, as a child welfare worker in CPS, uh, I noticed the food every place. There was food every place. They had tables, not, not just holidays or celebrations, just every day. People would just bring in food and put it there, you know. And then candy. There was candy every place, sugar every place. And I just could see it. I was separate. It wasn't my food. But after my dad died and I was having conflicts with this boss and I didn't begin to know how to deal with life, I succumbed. And then I left away. And it was five years. I came back in February of 2005. And I was up to 315 pounds then. So I gained 90 pounds. And I vowed just to keep coming back no matter what. And that has made all the difference. And, but again, I would uh, just go through relapses. And um, I had two years, four months, and nine days in August of 18. And uh, my daughter, whom many of you who heard my story for years here, knew we had troubles starting with her adolescence. Uh, she had moved out and uh, was pregnant. And she and her husband were having terrible conflicts. And uh, I offered to let them move in and uh, they weren't doing well. And anyway, I relapsed and she did move in and it went very, very well for, for most of the time. I think the pregnancy may have helped her, I don't know. Um, but I gained 70 pounds in the year they lived here and got very close to my little granddaughter. And uh, it was wonderful in many ways, but I was walking on eggshells. And on the 26th of December, it will be, Two years ago now, uh, I had to lock her out and get a restraining order against her because she got violent and vicious again. It was the hardest thing I ever did and the best thing I ever did because I took my life back. And then we didn't have any contact until just recently. And uh, after about three weeks, I was in such dreadful pain. Fortunately, I got to keep seeing my granddaughter through my son-in-law. They shared custody. Um, I was sitting down to write on the first step and, and from my Al-Anon, I was also saying I'm powerless over food. Uh, obviously I'm powerless over people, places and things. And I thought of CODA, I had been in CODA a brief minute, I don't know, like 35 years ago. And they'd said something about, you know, if you work this and stay here for two years, you know, it'll, it'll, and I was like two years, are you kidding me? So 35 years later, here I am back. And I went on the website and it said something about, we look at our identities, through our work, blah, blah, our children. And we use those to try to make up for wounds from our childhood. And I was just nailed, it just nailed me. So I started uh, 
CODA phone meeting that day and went every day. And that got me back into my DA meeting in April. And then, cause I just started loving myself. The whole thing about CODA is to love yourself and take care of yourself. Cause we have nothing to offer without that. And then uh, by summertime, I uh, read a review about a weighted and measured food plan. And I knew that's what I had to have. And so it took me 38 years to surrender to a weighed and measured food plan. I'd gotten to a point where I would report my food, but only after I'd eaten it. And uh, uh, someone had been coming to the 7 a.m. meeting, the St. Paul's Episcopal Church, Oakland, 7 a.m. meeting. I'd been going to every day since I retired in uh, 2015. And it took me a year there to get abstinent, but that's where I had this two and a half, almost years of abstinence. and. Um, someone had been coming to that meeting for a couple of months that was in Holloway. And so I had researched programs, weighed and measured, and I talked to her and she said, yeah, this was great. And she'd gotten a link from someone to the San Mateo Holloway meetings. There's four a week there in the OA Mid-Peninsula uh, OA group, inner group. And so I went uh, that night, there was a 5.30 meeting. I went and I was stunned. I was blown away by the number of people they were just happy. They were happy, joyous, and free, having a good time uh, for the meeting and talking. And then they qualify. And the people that had had, uh, that had lost a uh, uh, hundred pounds or close to that or over that and kept it off for, for years or decades and were still working this program. I, and I wanted what they had. And I wrote down some numbers and I called one of them right after the meeting and she became my sponsor. And it's just transformed my life. And I didn't know I was a carb addict and uh, it's a low carb food plan. And I weigh on the eight, that was the 8th of July uh, last year. And the 8th of this month, I lost another six pounds for a total of 131 pounds I've released uh, in this 15 months. And of course that's really huge, but the spiritual and emotional transformation go way beyond that. I, I just have been transformed. They have their own steps and, I've worked the steps before, you know, and I, everything I'd been doing in all these years of recovery, I had needed, and it was getting me ready to, to do this. And um, one of the things that's the most helpful to me is right along this tradition 10, you know, about we can learn a lot from OA's 10th tradition about concentrating on our message and avoiding controversy. It is summed up in saying, live and let live. And I really got that my way isn't the right way. I mean, I really did think I, I knew it all, you know, and I knew not just what was right for my life, but what was right for your life. You know, I was so codependent, so bossy, so pushy. You all know me, you know, all these things about me. Just ad nauseum, just a pain to be around. And, um, and I missed my daughter terribly, of course, and I had been transformed and her godmother came out to visit in early September for her birthday. And, uh, Patty had wanted some childhood pictures and I was finally willing to get those together just of her. She had said, of course, without me in them and it took me a year and a half to let that go. Cause I knew by this time, looking at myself, honestly, really looking at my part in things, just staying on my side of the street uh, that I had so many amends to make to her. So I did, I got them together and I took them to my friend Sue cause she was of course seeing me too. And we got together, Sue and I, her godmother and my best friend. And she said, uh, Patty is open to contact again. And I was too. And so we just began very slowly 
connecting and we're going to see somebody that's getting lined up to help with our communication. And it just means so much to me to have her in my life. I didn't realize until I was talking to a friend after I'd had contact that I, I didn't, I feel whole again, you know, having her in my life and I needed it and she did too. And Sue had said, I can't believe the 180 both of you have done in this year and a half, you know, almost two years. And so it's so critical for me that I work this tradition in my life because I know now my way is not only not the right way, it, it's, it's, not, it's not the only way. There are so many ways. And I have respect for her now. Uh, she's so special to me. I, I work to see her. Um, and the neutrality, you know, I work to have neutrality as I listen to her, because I really get it now that, you know, I just finished my last 12 step question in the OA, uh, how 12 by 12 questions uh, uh, yesterday, last night with my sponsor. And I love the reading I was reading. I think it's in the uh, big book. Uh, we know so little. And uh, I know that is, is who I am now. I realize I know so little. And that she can't help but do things differently. She's a different person. And I work to love myself no matter what. We have a fellow in our HOW program that came into program at uh, 20 years ago and she just turned 85. She was 65. She got her PhD in psychology at 67 and worked until just, oh no, she just turned 87. She worked until she was 85 as a psychotherapist. And when she came in 20 years ago, she said, I, I'm gonna love myself no matter what. And I listened to that and I really worked to love myself no matter what. And recently she was saying, and accept myself just as I am. And these are so simple and we hear them all the time, but I really do that now. I work to just love myself no matter what and accept myself just as I am, including all the mistakes I made with my daughter. I was doing the best I could. My parents did the best they could. My daughter did the best she could. And we have an opportunity for a new relationship now. And it matters so much to both of us. And I work my program on a daily basis, my action steps, because I know I'm powerless over abstinence. I'm powerless over food, over the obsession with food, over people. And I only get a daily reprieve. I only get a daily reprieve. And I have to do my action steps every day to invite that daily reprieve because I can't make myself abstinent. I really got it. I really surrendered. When I was working the first three steps, which you do in 30 minutes, 30 days, 30 minutes, 30 days uh, in the HAL program with the steps, it, with the AA 12 by 12 and the AA big book, I was reading time and again, I kept hearing in there that how well you work the third step is how your program goes. Well, I could see that I clearly not worked the third step because my program hadn't gone well. I was a chronic relapser. So I really, really focused on how to do it differently, how to really work the third step. And, you know, when we come and we do it to the best of our ability, thank you, five minutes left, got it, thanks. The program works us, you know, and so I know so much more now about what surrendering to the third step means than I did 15 months ago 
but that that was enough to get me started. And I go to the 7 a.m. Uh, OA meeting every day. I go to four OA how meetings a week. Uh, I read my uh, literature in the morning. I write. Writing has been a huge tool because, of course, I've had to learn to deal with my feelings. I've had to learn to deal with life on life's terms, and I never could do that. And in this go around with the steps, I got in touch with a level of trauma. I, I didn't remember anything I hadn't always known, but I was just ready now because of all these years in recovery to face the level that I'd been traumatized. And I'm going to start EMDR treatment next month. It's a rapid eye movement treatment for trauma. I've gotten back into therapy. Um, and I've come to see that I'm a sensitive being and I can't overdo because then I eat that last year I was at the county, I got put in a new job and it was always a terrible load of work, but this was inhumane. And I, long story, but I gained another put weight back on there. And because when I'm doing more than I can, I, I had to turn to the food and it just drugged me. And I was just so apart from my life. And I'm so grateful now. And I really work now a lot during the day to surrender. What, what's your will for me, Gami? What's your way? Because I know my way just brings me into defeat and miserableness. And it hurts other people too. It doesn't just hurt me, which it does, of course, but it hurts other people. And just to pray to know God's will for me, that I might be of service to somebody else. And I am so happy. Over the last winter, I ordered sunflower seeds and planted them and grew them and transplanted them in my home and then put them out. I think I put out 30 sunflower plants last early summer. And then of course they bloomed all year. And I had so many pictures to send friends and so much joy. And now the birds of course are having such fun eating the sunflower seeds out of them. And as I got disciplines with the food, you put your hand up, Emily, when I hit the time, please. Thank you. The disciplines of the food. Oh, in the beginning, the chopping, the vegetables, the shopping. But I was desperate. I needed it and I did it. And the disciplines of the food have become, became disciplines in many other parts of my life. And now my kitchen is clean. My, it's organized. Uh, I still have a lot of cleaning up and decluttering and all that, but I live a very disciplined life now and I'm so happy. And, uh, and I have my, my daughter back in my life now and uh, we're doing things differently. And my little granddaughter will be three next month. And, and uh, I, I watched her for my daughter for the first time recently. And uh, a few days ago, it's just sheer joy, you know, and I, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams already. And when I weighed in uh, last Thursday, I think it was, whatever the eighth was, I came in at an even 200. So I'd gone from 331 to 200. And my goal weight is probably 180. You know, I, I still have probably at least 20, 20 pounds to go. And, you know, I plan my food the night before I write it down. I give it to my sponsor. And then that's what I eat the next day. Three meals a day, no sugar, no flour, 
and I eat really gourmet meals, the food I eat. And I love my food because of course I'm hungry. I always loved that about abstinence. I was hungry for my food when I ate it and it tasted so good. And I just have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And I'm gonna be 70 next month. And I, I had no idea I could be this alive. I love the literature, I love growing and learning. And I love that I got to come back to this meeting today, which is a foundation in my recovery and talk and talk on the, on the 10th tradition about neutrality, about staying in my own lane. I really work to do that today. And I, I can't run my own life. You know, I don't know how to run my own life. I don't begin to know what someone else should do. And I really ask God for help. And that intuition, it's growing strong. It has become a working part of my mind. And I meditate twice a day and I have a good life. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll wrap up with that. And it's just, it gives me such joy to see you all. Thank you.